Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. How many of you believe that? Yeah, amen. You know, we're in this series, Echo, and we're exploring the amazing work of the Holy Spirit, the vital role that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. And we've talked about these really are confusing times, and there are a lot of voices echoing in our head, echoes from society, from friends, family, media, culture. The echoes that we listen to determine who we become. You know, Christians, God through the Holy Spirit is calling us to God-honoring lives. It's calling us away from the things that damage and destroy. And the Holy Spirit does that by guiding us and directing us and prompting us and cautioning us and leading us toward that abundant life, the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised all of his followers. And the echoes that we allow to influence us, to infiltrate our our hearts and and our minds, begin to echo in, in small things, but also big things. I heard the other day about a uh, city boy that uh, bought a piece uh, of property out in the country, and so he moved, moved out there, and uh, he's li- living in the country, and he noticed that uh, the farmer down the street had a um, donkey for sale, and uh, he wanted $500 for it. So he's in the country, and he's trying to figure this all out, and uh, so he uh, bought the donkey, the next day, the farmer was bringing the donkey, and uh, he uh, got there, and he goes, look, had some problems along the way. I got him loaded, and uh, we we're traveling here, and the, the donkey died. And the kid's like, well, that, that's okay. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. Just, you know, give me my money back, and we'll be square. And he goes, why, well, I can't give you your money back. <laughs> He said, I've already spent it. And he goes, well, fine, then un- unload the donkey. And so a couple months later, the uh, farmer that had sold the donkey ran, ran into him. He goes, so what would you end up doing with the donkey? Did everything turn out okay? And he goes, oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I uh, took and raffled the donkey off. He goes, you raffled off a dead donkey? He goes, yeah. And he goes, weren't people angry about that? He goes, no, only the guy that won the raffle was the only one. He said, I gave him back his five bucks, (laughs) you know, so. (laughs) Yeah, so there we go. (laughs) I share that story because uh, the the fact is that uh, we... um, sometimes have decisions that, that we have to make in, in our lives. And the, the fact is that those decisions many times are just kind of uh, messed up. They get messed up. I mean, every single day, every one of us has to make decisions about how we're going to live our lives and how, how we're going to respond to things. In fact, every, every day is really a challenge to figure out how, how you're going to live. And we make those decisions, and they reflect what echoes in our minds, in our hearts. 
and this is just my observation, that really about 10% of our day is proactive decisions that we decide ahead of time. The other 90% of our day is really reactive. You know, how are we going to respond to whatever life deals us? You know, how are we going to respond to dead donkeys, so to speak? Now, the psalmist writes this and says, only the one with clean hands and a pure heart, the one who hasn't made false promises, the one who hasn't sworn dishonesty, the kind of person receives blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God who saves. God wants his followers, as Christ followers, were to have pure hearts, hearts that reflect his heart. And this whole pure heart thing, so important. If you look at Jesus' ministry, in his inaugural address, his, his first message that he went public and delivered, he spoke and he talked about the Beatitudes. And one of the Beatitudes that, that he gave, in verse, chapter 5, verse 8, says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And in the, the Hebrew and the Greek both, the idea of heart is the center of who we are. It's, it's mind, it's will, it's emotion. And our heart is what determines our motives in life, our resolve, our courage, our actions, ultimately. It just determines who we become. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Pure in heart, it's a heart that pursues God's heart, reflects God's heart. And that passage really is kind of an echo because you get the idea of pure heart. As we see God, we begin to purify our heart. We begin to try and reflect God's heart. And because our heart is pure, we will see God and we'll be blessed by God. And so it kind of feeds us on both sides. We live in a society that when you talk about pure heart, I mean, it's a bit foreign. In fact, when people hear pure heart, in our, our culture, they kind of go, oh yeah, yeah, follow your heart. You know, if it feels good, do it. You know, this is, this is what works for me. It feels good in my heart with this. Well. That's your truth. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but this is my truth. And it really shouldn't be a surprise to any of us that we are all over the map as a culture looking for guidance. I mean, we're looking at all kinds of places, you know, Cosmopolitan and GQ. On TV, we got The, the View and The Talk and Dr. Phil, and people consult their, their horoscopes. People talk to therapists, friends, and family. And we got all these echoes, a lot of echoes in life. And friends, I'll be honest with you, some of this stuff is just silly. It's just silly. It's in a constant state of flux. It's always changing. And what was right a year ago, all of a sudden it's changed and it's outdated. And, and let's, let's just be honest with each other. Some of the things that we turn to, it's because it appeals to our heart. It appeals to our desire. 
You know, we decide that we want something and what we do is we look around until we can find something that will support that. And as we're doing that, it's interesting because the Holy Spirit starts echoing, you know this isn't right. You know this isn't going to work. You know this isn't God-honoring. And here's the rub. It's just, again, observation. As we're searching for happiness, as we're pursuing the wrong echoes in life, we're trying to satisfy our heart, right? Things get complicated. And when I talk to people, they're anything but happy. Now, there's something I ran across about 40 years ago that changed everything for me. It took the complication out of the decision-making process, and it was this. <laughs> How many of you remember these? <laughs> I was with my grandson the other day, and he was just fascinated with, with this thing, but uh, I remember I was in eighth grade, and these made it big. And I remember going to the store, and I could not wait to put this to work. You know, on the way home, I'm, I'm kind of contemplating, what's the first question I'm going to ask this? This will change my life. <laughs> I got home. I opened the box in the moment of truth. And, and this is no joke. They, uh, I uh, had uh, transferred to a new school that year. And there was a girl in the class that I liked. And so here was my question. Should I call Yvonne? <laughs> Ask again later. <laughs> I thought, are you kidding me? Really? I mean, anybody that knows me, patience is not my strong suit. So I started thinking, well, what's later mean? And so two seconds later, should I call Yvonne? Very doubtful. <laughs> Stupid thing didn't understand my question. Should I call Yvonne? My sources say no. I'm thinking this can't be happening. And I kept doing this and asking it until I got what I wanted. And I called her. <laughs> Friends, I started turning to this thing for all kinds of stuff, all kinds of decisions. And I found it, it really is amazing. It's an amazing thing. And I know some of you right now are going, okay, Damon, that, that's ridiculous. Really? Well, let's give it a roll. Should I invest in Quiznos? <laughs> Outlook, not so good. All right, will Tesla stock go up? Most likely. Really big question. Will the Steelers win the Super Bowl? <laughs> Better not tell you now. <laughs> it works. You can borrow it. You got any big decisions come up, you can borrow it and uh, put it to work. Friends, people make decisions all the time, every day. 
and they, they don't get the magic eight ball. But you know what? Process isn't a whole lot different. It's almost as random. And we run our lives not with a magic eight ball, but with a magic heart. And friends, I've watched it mess up a lot of people. Even when they knew what was right, the heart wants what the heart wants. You know, I know people that they want to do something, and it goes like this. They, they go around and they will ask a friend, they'll say, what do you think about me doing such and such? And a good friend steps into him and says, it doesn't sound like too good of an idea to me. And so they go find another friend and another and another. And the friends are going, that's not a good plan. And they just keep asking people until someone tells them what they want to hear. They go, that sounds okay to me. And off they go and they're running. And what's interesting, even as they're running, the Holy Spirit's in their ear, putting, putting a press on them, going, this isn't right. You know, there's that tension inside, and they can hear the Holy Spirit going, this is not going to turn out well, but they just keep running anyway. It's a heart condition. You know, the Holy Spirit echoes. The Holy Spirit is echoing God's heart and we're struggling because our hearts are not pure. In fact, our hearts are contaminated. And I talked last week uh, about that the Holy Spirit will sound that alarm, that warning, and that a lot of people just hit the snooze button spiritually, and they ignore the warnings. We're not interested in direction because we want what we want. And we, we play this game with God, and we know it. I mean, we don't think a lot about it. But we run and we do what we want to do. And, and honestly, we think we are so sly on this front. And I think I've shared this, this story before, but when I was in college, uh, we had a big event on our campus, and uh, it was a chess tournament. And there were hundreds of people that rolled in. They wanted to be crowned master of the universe for this. And so the guys in my dorm, we uh, uh, had a guy by the name of Tongo, and he was from Haiti, and he had entered the tournament. So we went to support him. And none of us had ever been to a chess tournament before, but we were sure you needed to paint your faces and stuff like that to go to the tournament. So we did. And in fact, a couple guys in our dorm dressed up like uh, Blade and Skeletor and some of the uh, Masters of the Universe people. So we show up at, this te at the, the uh, chess tournament, and it looked more like we were going to WWE, <laughs> you know, wrestling mania event, and, and so they, we were doing that, and the fact is it was a chess tournament. But I remember Tongo, and he faced his first opponent, and it seemed like they had just started. And, it, and he goes, checkmate. And every opponent that he faced, he destroyed him. He goes, checkmate. He went on the attack, and he just started shredding through his opponents. 
checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. And when the dust settled, he was crowned the, the champion. And I'll be honest with you, there wasn't anybody that even challenged him. He beat him with such ease, it was ridiculous. And I remember asking him how he did it. And he, he just very simply said, I can see their move before they make it. I can see everything. That's kind of how God is. God sees everything. There are no secrets. God's never surprised by the moves that you make in your life. God doesn't scratch his head and go, I didn't see that coming. And I'll be honest with you, that bothers me. I don't like the fact that God knows everything. I'd kind of like to keep some of my moves to myself. And I think a lot of you are that way. A lot of people think they're, they're hiding from God. And so when the evil one and the evil one will whisper to you, he goes, go ahead, go ahead. Nobody will know. It is a lie. It is a lie. And every time nobody's gonna know, God's Holy Spirit's checkmate. Check me. You know, Hebrews 4.13, the writer says, nothing in all creation, nothing is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. The fact is, some of us are involved in things, and God doesn't want you to have a part of it but you're doing it anyway. Some of you are making poor choices in your life, and to be honest, you're kind of growing weary, and the collateral damage around you is getting, getting big, and it's piling up. You know, some of you, you're, you're, you're making some move in your life, and you know it's wrong, and it even eats at you. Echoes, got that echo. I mean, why, why did we do this? Why did we play games? I was thinking about the fact that God can see, see everything, and there's kind of a freedom in that. In a strange way, there's a freedom that God already knows. Because I do not have to spend my time wondering when God's going to find out. God already knows. You know, the fact that God sees everything and sees every move really becomes a motivation for me to make the right move. Remembering that God sees it all, and he sees every move that I make, kind of keeps me in check. But friends, I need more than that. I need more than that to, to guide me. Because left to my own, there are times I'm not real clear about what's right about what the right move is. And that's why God gave us scripture. God gave us scripture so that we could turn to that for direction, so that it could guide our lives. God gave us scripture so that he could make things really clear to us. And scripture helps purify the heart. Because scripture echoes God's heart. And at some point, Christians, 
at some point in your walk with God, there comes a point of full surrender. There comes a point where you give God's word, you give scripture, you give the Bible the full authority in your life and you trust and obey it. You allow scripture to echo, to echo in your heart, to echo in your mind. Scripture to echo not, not only in what you say, but in your actions in life. In your life, how, how, how you live, it begins to echo. You begin to reflect, God. Paul writes, he says, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's us Christians, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you catch that little phrase? God breathed. That Greek word is the same root word that was used when God created Adam and breathed life into him. See, Paul is saying, Scripture breathes life into us. God breathes life into us through Scripture. And that, that life that we receive from his word equips us. It positions us for good work, for everything that God wants to accomplish in and through us. See, it begins to breathe life and to change us. And, and so here's a question, Christians. Do you believe this? Do you believe that God's word has the right to tell you what to do? Do you believe the scripture? God's word is not the magic eight ball approach. Eh, pick what I want, ignore what I don't want. Christ followers, the authority of the Bible, God's expectation, it means we abandon ourselves and we trust it, and we obey it. You know, trusting that it's from God. Believing that God has a right to speak into our lives. Knowing that God loves us and wants the very best for us. You know, Jeremiah writes, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. I mean, do you believe that? Do you trust God enough to let him lead your life? Do you think you should allow scripture to guide your life, to guide your daily life? Now, now if you say yes, then it really raises a question. How do you activate scripture in your life? You know, sometimes uh, 
people will catch me, they've got some decision to make and they're trying to figure out, they're really wrestling with it, what should I do and I'm not sure and, and so they'll come and ask me, what should I do? And I will uh, try and point them towards scripture, even give them specific passages that they should read. Many times, they will say to me, just tell me what to do. Now, if you've ever done that, you know I will not tell you what to do, and I will never answer the question, even when it's obvious. Because there is an important step that people want to skip in the decision-making process. And this is where the Holy Spirit gets involved. It really is the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it's not in the interpretation of Scripture so much as it is the acceptance and the application and ultimately the obedience to Scripture that matters. Now, I want to say something about reading Scripture, interpreting Scripture. Most of Scripture, most of the Bible, most of it is not difficult to understand. God's not trying to hide his message. God's not trying to trick us. In fact, God's trying to reveal himself and his plans that that he has for us through his word. God did not create your Bible to sit on a shelf and never be read. No, God gave us the Bible so we'd use it. And so that we would use our God-given mind and our God-given abilities and we would begin to apply what I consider very basic rules of interpretation to try and understand the message. So when you study the Bible, you read a verse, uh, you read the words that are printed there, and you think about them. Think about the meaning of, of the words, maybe each word. You look at the historical setting that it's taking place in, you look at the context, you know, who's involved in the conversation, and that kind of stuff. But again, most of Scripture is easy to interpret or understand. It's just a matter of sitting down and doing it. Now I'm gonna give you a couple examples just real, real quick, just to get us thinking here. But Proverbs uh, 10, 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Now that's not difficult to understand, is it? I mean, the interpretation of it is not real complicated. But the application, see, this is where the Holy Spirit kicks in. Because the Holy Spirit begins to challenge you with that verse. In fact, some of you, the moment I read that, the Holy Spirit started echoing. Holy Spirit started pointing to an area of your life where you struggle, where you need to uh, apply that verse, where you need to be obedient and pursue, pursue integrity. But it's not hard to understand, is it? 
Here's another one. Uh, I was reading it this, this week as part of my devotions. Uh, Philippians 4.8, Paul writes, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Again, pretty easy to understand, isn't it? It's not difficult to understand what's written there. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit takes this verse and starts pressing you. Starts pressing you about maybe uh, the negative stuff that rolls around in your mind, that, that negative stuff that's filling your mind that's not pure. Those things that we tend to get focused on that just aren't very lovely or godly, those things that just need to go. And what happens when you read a verse like that is sometimes we resist. Sometimes we try and justify ourselves for that noncompliance. Sometimes we wrestle with it. Sometimes it troubles us. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit because it's pressing for obedience. So we start, we start by reading scripture. We start by reading the, the words that are on the page in God, God's word. That's where we start. But it is not, it's not where things end. It never is. See, I can teach you all day long. I have a deep desire for people to understand God's word but it is only the Holy Spirit getting involved that changes lives. Again, teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit takes God's word, as we're sharing this morning, or takes a, a verse of scripture, and the Holy Spirit brings it alive in you, and many times it happens in profound ways. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to take the words that are on the page, the words that, that we're reading, that we're thinking about, and he, he wants us to come to a place where we accept it, where we apply it, where we trust it, where we obey it. Again, Apostle Paul, he, one time he was talking to a bunch of Christians that uh, apparently were being misled by some teachers, preachers, what, whatever, and Paul ends up reminding us something very, very important here. He says, but you've received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what's true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Now, that's a little bit to... to take in, but Paul is not saying that we don't gather and worship like we are this morning, and we, we praise God, and then we, we learn from, from teaching. Paul's saying, you need to do that. That's, a, that's important. He's not saying don't be in a small group that studies scripture. We need to do that. We need to do both these things. But Paul is saying, as Christians, you have the tools, you have the insight because of the Holy Spirit, to understand that passage, and more importantly, to accept that and apply that. And that's what we're supposed to do with God's Word. 
That's why Paul, later he, he would write 1 Corinthians 2. It says, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Again, you have to think about that a little bit, but the key word there is accept. See, it doesn't mean that a person without the spirit in them doesn't mean that the non-Christian or the Christian that keeps hitting the snooze button can't understand Scripture. Again, most of Scripture is, is understandable. But where the, the fight is, is that without the Holy Spirit echoing in our hearts and our minds, we struggle to accept it, to be obedient to it. And you, you've seen this before, haven't you? I mean, two people hear the same message on a Sunday morning. You ever had this experience? And, and so you're, you're moved by the message. And another person understands the message. I mean, they understood what we talked about, but they just don't accept it. It's kind of like the message goes over them or around them, but it doesn't go through them and in them. And so that person can tell you what was said and go, oh yeah, well they talked about such and such, such and such, such and such. Read a scripture and go, oh yeah, it talks about this, this and this, but they don't accept it. And sure not gonna be obedient to it. Paul writes, he says, the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I want you to follow. The, the person that's sensitive to the Holy Spirit, the person that's not hitting the spiritual snooze button, person that's trying to walk in the Spirit, as we've talked about, they're evaluating things. When they read God's Word, they're evaluating and they're using a little bit different criteria. See, they're making judgments using their mind that God's given them, but it's not just merely human judgment. See, as a Christ follower, we bring our intellect, our natural God-given intellect, our common sense, but we have an addition to it. We have the Holy Spirit coming alongside us. Holy Spirit opening our eyes, raising questions, pointing us in directions. And here's the really key part. The Holy Spirit is moving and working in our hearts and our minds, helping us to accept God's word is true. See, it's working to help us receive God's word, to apply God's word, so that we begin to live truth, to live God's truth in our life. Every piece of scripture has one interpretation, but it has multiple applications. In other words, you could read a scripture and I could read the same scripture. I'm gonna apply it in, in a direction and you, God may move you in another direction, but they'll, they'll make sense together. It's not like we're moving wrong, wrong directions, just God's really speaking at this part in, in my life multiple applications. 
according to what your life circumstances are, what mine are. But it all begins with reading, studying the Word of God. And then what happens, the Holy Spirit opens our heart, opens our minds, and helps us accept it and apply it. And I want to show you how this works, just very, very simply. And this is something that happened a couple weeks ago with with me. Uh, It was a passage that I had in my devotions. And uh, it was this, out of Proverbs. It said, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and good name in the sight of God and, and man, or all people. So I read that as part of my devotions. I understood that. That's, that's pretty, pretty straightforward. But for some reason, when I was reading, that passage just kind of started echoing at me. And so I stayed with the passage, and I read it several times. And then I'm thinking, okay, love and faithfulness, two very important virtues. I'm supposed to wear them. I'm supposed to write them on my heart. And if I do that, then I'll be respected by people. More importantly, I'll be respected by God. And it definitely is something that the world needs. So this verse, it's echoing. It's, a, it's in and out of my head through the next few days. My grandkids, they, they were down for the weekend, and on Saturday, we're, we're playing games that evening. And it was time to, to go to bed. Now, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. They didn't want to go to bed. They, they wanted to play games. They wanted to play just one more, you know, and we're having a really good time. And so I said to them, I said, guys, not tonight, we got church in the morning, but tomorrow, after church, after we have dinner, we'll play the game again. So that night, went to bed. I did not sleep well at all. And in fact, I maybe got a couple hours sleep that night. And so the next day, after doing what we do around here on Sunday morning, I get home, I'm eating lunch, I'm fading. I'm thinking, nap. They're talking about playing the game. Echo. Love and faithfulness. Write them on your heart. Wear them. You promise them. Be faithful. And so we played the game. Now I know some of you are going, really? That is just kind of a weak story. That's pretty small. That's why I picked it. Because that is my point. When you're faithful with the little thing, it's much easier when the big stuff comes along. Understanding God's word, friends, is not a difficult task. But we do need the Holy Spirit involved if we're going to accept it and apply it and put it to work. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you understand that passage? Come on. Understand it? It's not difficult. In fact, I bet 
as I read that verse today? I bet some of you, the Holy Spirit started echoing right away, started pressing you. Let love and faithfulness never, ever leave you. Don't ever let it happen. And as you thought about that, as it was being read, the Holy Spirit just zeroed in on some area of your life where you're not being loving, where you're not being faithful. Maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe with your spouse, maybe with your kids, maybe with God. But see, the Holy Spirit starts echoing because the Holy Spirit wants to change us, wants us to start living that. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, working to get us to the point that we could receive that truth and start living it. Again, understanding that passage, really not that hard. Understanding it's just the result of reading it and then maybe studying it and spending a little bit of time with it. But accepting it and applying it is where the Holy Spirit gets involved. Real quick, I just three quick challenges for you. One's believe. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've not made him Lord and Savior, you, you need to take that step so that you do have the Holy Spirit working, so you do have God working in your life. It really is the key to abundant life and it's key to eternal life. And you will never find the joy and the peace that you're looking for until you put those pieces in place. You just won't, and you won't have direction in your life. In fact, you'll just kind of stumble through life without, without having that anchor and without having Christ as your Savior and Lord. Second thing is to receive. To receive God's word as truth. To do that means you gotta be reading God's word. And I know some of you go, well, yeah, but ignorance is bliss. No, it's not. It's dangerous. You need to be in God's word. You need to spend a few minutes every day. Get a devotional. You know, read a few verses. Use a devotional one on our website. It, it dovetails to, to the message. It's kind of like step two you could take. But you got to do the work. Got to do the work. Get in a small group, you know, where you can wrestle through, through the, the topic and the focus each week. Be in church regularly. Let us help you. These are all opportunities for God's word to echo, to echo in your heart, to echo in your mind. And when you do that, friends, you will start seeing things happen. I mean, it's amazing how God works sometimes. And then achieve. And this is where you gotta yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. And as you are studying God's word, is you just allow the Holy Spirit to help you figure out how to receive it, and how to be obedient to it. And here, here's a cool thing I found, that when I finally bring myself to, to that point, and the Holy Spirit goes, okay, be obedient. God gives me opportunities and the ability to actually apply it to life, to decisions that I make. 
And as scripture echoes God's heart, as you read it, as you study it, as it begins to echo in your heart and mind, what, what happens is the Holy Spirit keeps pressing you and brings you to that point of obedience. And you achieve it. You achieve the ability to integrate God's truth in your life. And you achieve the life that God had planned for, him, for you to start with. Changes the way you live. You know why? It changes who you are. Trust and obey. It's the only way. Van's gonna come up and we're actually gonna sing that again. And uh, you know, I pray the Holy Spirit's been rattling your cage a little bit this morning. That as Christians, we just come to that point and we say, you know what, God? I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what the future holds, but I will be faithful. I will be faithful to your word. I'll be faithful to your calling. I'll be faithful to whatever it is you would have me to, to yield myself to, to say no to, to say yes to. You know, some of you got some big decisions in your life right now. Let God guide you. Let God lead you. He's got a, a plan for you. Well, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, I pray that we would just trust. Trust you with all of our heart, with our lives, with our decisions. You are our hope. God, forgive us the times that well, we've just made a mess of things. Those times we read the words, but we really weren't interested in obeying. God, help us. Help us to be your people. To be sensitive to your spirit. Help us to be people of the word. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. God's people said,